Welcome to Her Hideout. I'm Kenzie, and I'm all by myself this week. This feels so weird. I feel like back to when I started this podcast, I started it originally by myself, and I have PTSD right now about that because I remember I would record for like 20 minutes, and if I messed up like one word or I just felt weird about it, I'd pause, and then I'd listen to it, and then I'd have to delete it, and then I'd just restart. And so it would take me like two hours to record like a 20-minute episode, which is so pathetic, but I started doing that with this. Like I'd start recording, and then I'd stop, and I'd listen to it, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so awkward. It just feels weird when you're by yourself because I don't have Peyton to like play off of. Like we joke around so much, and you can't really joke around with yourself. I mean, you can, but it's just not the same. I don't know what it is about the last few months, but me and Peyton have been so freaking busy and we've just been slacking on sticking to a good recording schedule. Like we used to have it like, okay, this day we record. And I feel like the last like two months we'll be like, okay, we're going to record this day and that day would come and something would come up. And so then we'd have to push it. And so we did that this week and now Peyton's gone fishing. Like he had a fishing trip come up this weekend. So he's gone Tomorrow, I'm going to be gone. So I'm like, this is literally the only time that I can do this or we're going to have to do this late at night. So I'm like, you know what? I'll just do a solo up. So you just got me today. I am sorry. Hopefully you'll enjoy it. I'm trying to think of stuff that's been going on in life. I mean, I feel like I'm so busy, but then I'm like, what have I been doing? Like, I don't feel like I've done a lot, but oh, me and my sister are starting a business. So I feel like all my time has gone into that. So we're doing an online craft business. And so we've been nonstop making projects and getting ready. Our launch day is tomorrow from when I'm recording this. But as the day this goes out on Tuesday, then it was the day before, if that makes sense. Monday, we're starting our business. But I'm like so nervous and so excited at the same time. I think it's going to be fun. I've always wanted to do something with my sister, like business-wise. Like she does hair, I do lashes and waxing and skin and all that. So I'm like, it'd be fun to have like a business together. But now we're doing crafts and I love it. So if you're not following us, go follow Mad Mac Creations. We'd really appreciate it. I do want to mix some of the horror stuff in with it because you know me, I'm a horror fanatic. Have to have a little bit of like the creepy stuff mixed in. And I have been making horror crochets So I'm thinking about selling those. I just know there's like a lot of legal stuff that goes into like copyright images. And so I just got to look into that. I don't know how that works, but I really want to sell those because they're so fun. So I feel like that's where all my time has been the last several months. It's just been projects and projects and getting ready for this launch day. So I feel like all my other stuff in life has taken a backseat, but I'm ready to get back on top of it. We only have technically one more podcast episode this season, which is next week on Halloween, but we want to do a bonus episode this season because we're going to go see FNAF, and I really want to do a spoiler review on it because I know I'm going to love it. I already know I'm going to love this movie, so we're going to do a spoiler review on it, and that will come out the week after Halloween. So technically, we have two more episodes left this season, and if you're kind of new here, our format for our podcast. We go January through April and that's a season and then May, June we take off because summer is just insane and then July through October is the another season and then we take November, December off because those months are insane with like Christmas and Thanksgiving and the holidays and it just gives us time to prep and stuff and come out with new ideas 
So after this season, we'll be taking two months off till January, which is kind of sad, but I think it'll be good because we're going to figure out some really good content ideas and I just think it'll be really good and it will kind of help me focus a little bit on my business that I'm doing with my sister and then be able to come back and just be on top of podcasting. Also, in the last episode, I forgot to mention that I am not doing Chucky Chats this season. So originally, I was going to do Chucky Chats like I did last season and and break down all of the Chucky TV series episodes of season three. But then I found out that they're only releasing half the season, so they're only doing four episodes right now, and then we have to wait till sometime next year for the other half just because of all the strike that's going on. So then I thought about it. I'm like, do I really want to do four episodes and then just have this big break in between? So what I'm going to do is wait until the second half of the season is about to release, and then I'll do recap episodes for the beginning of the season, and then we'll be caught up which I totally forgot to mention last episode. So if you're someone who was like, oh, I wanted to listen to Chucky Chats, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I didn't say anything, but yeah, just didn't make sense to do it. So I don't have Peyton here to do his little schmooganoogany, whatever he does. I, I don't even know if I want to attempt it. Should I attempt it? Okay, I attempted and I cut it out. So you're not going to hear it because it was pathetic. Just Just envision Peyton's little mouth noise. Horror news of the week. Okay, so the horror news of the week that we have is obviously FNAF comes out this Friday, which, okay, do movies come out on Thursday? Like, movies usually have a release day and it's like a Friday, but then I swear they always end up coming out the day before. So I'm like, that throws me off. Regardless, Five Nights at Freddy's comes out this weekend. I am so pumped. This is the movie I've been the most anxious and excited to see, so I cannot wait. We're going to go take our six-year-old son, his first horror movie in theaters, we're going to go on this coming Sunday. Because I'm like, okay, Utah, most people stay home or go to church on a Sunday, so I'm like, it shouldn't be too crazy busy. And we usually go on like the Tuesdays because it's like half off, but I'm like, that's Halloween, and so that's too crazy. So we're going to go on Sunday, and I'm so excited This is probably my most anticipated movie of the year, minus Evil Dead when that came out, but like after that, yeah, FNAF. I've been so excited for this, so I can't wait, so go see it. Um, The next one is Sister Death, and this is coming out on Netflix, so it's a prequel to the movie Veronica, which I have never seen that. I've been told to watch it because I heard it's really scary, but I've never seen it. So this one is a Spanish horror movie, and it's, like I said, it's a prequel. It follows a nun named Narcis, Narcis, I am so bad at pronunciation. I can't even pronounce that word. I am so bad at pronouncing names sometimes. Anyway, it's about a girl as she joins a school to teach young girls before unexpected events occur. So I guess if you've seen the movie Veronica, then you know what these crazy unexpected events are. So prequel. I'll have to go, I'll have to watch that. I've been slacking at watching horror movies lately. Like, even this month, we usually watch, like, all the Halloween movies, like, all the iconic stuff that you need to watch. We literally have not. Like, I just feel like I've nonstop been doing our craft stuff. Yes, we're slacking. And, okay, am I the only one? But does it not feel like fall or, like, Halloween or October? Like, I've talked about it so many times that I get, like, the Halloween spirit, kind of like how people get the Christmas spirit, but, like, it has not felt like Halloween at all this month, and I don't know if it's because I've been so busy doing other things, and I haven't been doing the normal things I would do in October, like going out and going on walks, and, like, listening to Halloween music nonstop, and watching Halloween movies, 
We've gone to one pumpkin patch, which we talked about how we got season pass tickets to the pumpkin patch that's near us, and we've only gone once. So we're going to go this week. We're going to another pumpkin patch this week, and then I'm going to go to that pumpkin patch one more time the day before Halloween, So I'm like, we need to get our use out of it. But it just has not felt like Halloween, so I am determined to make this week Halloween-filled. But with that being said, this kind of brings us to the topic of this episode. So one of my favorite... Halloween horror movies of all time minus like all the fun like family friendly ones like Hocus Pocus obviously Hocus Pocus would probably be like one of my number ones but my favorite like traditional horror movie is Trick or Treat so when I was trying to think of an episode that I could do solo I was going to do a story time episode because I used to do those in the past all the time and I was trying to come up with a story time because usually I like to do like certain things that like true crime cases that pertain to horror more which true crime is horrific but like certain cases that kind of give more of that horror halloweeny tone like i've done the trick-or-treat killer and the phantom killer because there's been horror movies based on that character and like the wendigo which we have horror movies based on that character so i try to do like stuff and like haunted dolls like that's just more like creepy ghost stuff but i could not think of a true crime case that i really wanted to do So I thought, why not kind of break down the history of Sam from Trick or Treat and like his origin. And then I want to talk about the Trick or Treat movie because I love it. So we're going to break that down. And I just thought it'd be fun. So let's jump right into it. So I'm going to be telling the story and like I have a bunch of things written down and stuff. And then we'll just kind of commentary throughout. But we're going to start with the creation of Sam. So if you have not seen the movie Trick or Treat, you need to go watch it. I feel like he is so iconic. Such an iconic Halloween character. Um, I know we have like Michael Myers that's very iconic for this month, but I feel like Sam is almost, in my opinion, a little bit more iconic. I'm going to get so much crap for that. I don't know. I think it's just because Michael Myers is like a serial killer. I mean, he's not completely human. We don't know, but like I'm pretty sure Michael Myers isn't fully human. And Sam is more of like a creature almost, like a supernatural being. Like, it almost reminds me of, like, Krampus for Christmas. So, more than a decade before Trick or Treat ever came to light, Sam was the primary character for an animated short, Michael Doherty. Oh my gosh, see, I cannot pronounce names. Um, I'm just gonna call him Michael from on now on because I suck at that, but he was created in 1996. So Michael created Sam while he was a student at the NYU Tisch School of the Arts where his short animated film Season's Greeting was produced. And it's really cool because he originally created Sam as an alter ego for himself, but then he also wanted to give Halloween an iconic figure, kind of like how Christmas has Santa and which I think of like the horror versions and I'm like Christmas has Krampus and like St. Patrick's Day has a leprechaun, just like something that's iconic for that holiday. So after hundreds of drawings of the character, he decided he wanted to do something with it. So he started out making greeting cards of the character to give to his family and friends, and then he eventually sold the cards to a local shop for distribution. The images were all hand-drawn and colored with markers and glued to clear animation cells. So in the short film, Sam appears as he does later in the movie Trick or Treat, So in the animated short, he's also presented as a young trick-or-treater and he passes a sign showing a missing child foreshadowing the dangers to come. After failing to secure any candy while trick-or-treating, Sam heads down a back alley where a shadowy adult figure approaches him. And then the stalker attacks, but little Sam is seen as 
the one emerging from the alleyway with a suspiciously full sack in tow. This shows how powerful Sam really is regardless of his size. And I love Trick or Treat for that because it is a horror comedy. So it's like even reading this, I haven't seen the short film Season's Greetings, but I can like vividly picture exactly how like Sam's mannerisms and things would be just like I see this like attack happen and it like goes black and then all of a sudden you just see like Sam casually walking out of the alley carrying his sack and his lollipop and goes on about his day, which I totally need to watch this. I cannot believe I haven't done that. So Sam embodies the Halloween spirit in actions and name. So Halloween as a holiday is derived from many old pagan traditions, many of which come from the ancient Celtic festivals known as Samhain. The festival marks the moment in the year in which ancient people believed that it was easiest to communicate with both the dead and the non-living spirits. It was also a way of celebrating the final harvest before winter set in. So the Celtics also believed that fairies or other spirits might cross over and whisk people away at this time of year, so they often dressed up in beastly costumes to avoid their own kidnapping. Which I think is so cool because it kind of shows how Halloween and like the traditions that we have came about. And it's kind of creepy and eerie knowing that that's why people dressed up in the past was to avoid being abducted by like fairies and like evil spirits. Like that's so sinister and dark and it just like makes me view it so different. During the night on October 31st, monsters and spirits were said to wander the harvest plains. Families would light fires near their farms and homes to protect them from these creatures. And in the Middle Ages, Celts began carving hollowed-out turnips that would be hung by strings lit from inside. So this is how, like, pumpkin carving became about. In the past, it was for way different reasons. But like I said, it's really cool to see, like, where the traditions stemmed from. Sam is depicted as a child dressed in a Halloween costume, which consists of an orange set of pajamas and a mask made out of a burlap sack with buttons for eyes. Sam drags a dirty sack around with him throughout the film, but its contents are unknown. Which, could you imagine looking into Sam's bag, like what you would find in there? Despite his childlike appearance, it is also established that Sam is more demonic than he appears, hiding a pumpkin-shaped head resembling a skull So Michael describes Sam's head as a cross between an embryo and a pumpkin. And then Quinn Lord, who is the actor who plays Sam, he described his character as being a demon who was born in a pumpkin patch. And Michael also said that Sam is represented as the holiday dual nature, cute and creepy, fun and frightening, mischievous yet malevolent. So let's move on to like the behavior and the purpose of Sam. So Sam acts very much like a child, being mischievous and appearing to love chocolate. He visits one town a year on Halloween, and he appears in trick-or-treat to enforce the rules of the holiday and punish those who ignore and defy them. So a few of Sam's rule known rules are always give out candy to trick-or-treaters, always wear a costume, never extinguish the flame of a jack-o'-lantern before midnight, and respect the dead. He does have some other rules that you can find, but those are like the main ones. As an enforcer of the rules and rituals of Halloween, Sam takes it upon himself to punish those who break tradition in the most brutal and mischievous ways possible. And they almost correlate with the rules that have been broken by the people. Like each of their demise almost goes along with that. Despite his sadistic and immoral nature, Sam is shown to give mercy to those who change their ways and respect Halloween. So he does have a little bit of a heart. 
Um, an example of this is in Trigger Treat, Sam shows mercy to those who change their, their ways and respect Halloween. Just before he stabs Mr. Krieg, his lollipop is basically stopped by a chocolate bar that Krieg uses to block his attack. This causes Sam to count this as an act of giving candy to trick-or-treaters because that's why Mr. Krieg was being punished, which we'll get to all of that, but he ends up leaving and kind of gives this as a warning to Mr. Krieg and that Sam will be watching him. So when Michael Dotery, who is the creator of Sam, was in school, like we said at the beginning, he was advised to write a script for a full feature-length film. So he created a script based on three short stories that he wrote as homework assignments in school. And this later brought us Trick or Treat. So I am going to move on to Trick or Treat. So I'm going to move on to Trick or Treat and I'm just going to break down this whole movie. So if you haven't seen this and you don't want to be spoiled by anything, I would advise stopping this. Go watch the movie, come back, and we can talk the rest of this. But... But there will be spoilers, so. But I mean, this movie came out in 2007, so if you haven't seen Trick or Treat by this point, then I I think we're good. We're good. So, in Trick or Treat, Sam visits the fictional Warren Valley, Ohio. So he travels throughout the town to observe other people as they either celebrate or ignore Halloween, punishing those who ignore the rules. Sam deals with several different groups of characters throughout the film, and their non-linear storyline. So this is an anthology and I love it because it's just like all the stories are different but then they all connect in the end and it's really cool to see them all intertwine. And I will admit I've seen Trick or Treat so many times over like the last I can't even remember since this movie came out. I like watch it every October and when I was doing like research on this and like typing up everything There were some things that I had never realized. So I cannot wait for Peyton to get home and I can like tell him this because we watch this all the time. I'm like, how did I miss this? Which we'll get to that. And I'll let you know when we get to that point what I didn't realize in the past. But so we're going to kind of, I'm going to kind of break down each story. So we have our opening and in the opening scene, Emma and her Halloween loving husband, Henry, return home after celebrating the night. So Emma hates Halloween and she ends up blowing out the jack-o'-lantern before midnight, which is a big no-no, against Henry's superstitious advice. And Henry goes in and relaxes and falls asleep in the house while Emma begins tearing down the decorations, which I don't understand this. Like, why would you get home from a party? I'm sure they drank. Like, go in, kick back, relax. Like, why would you take down all of the Halloween decorations at this time of night? It just doesn't make sense. That's like taking down your Christmas tree on Christmas. No. Um, so she ends up taking down the decorations and is ambushed and murdered by an unseen attacker. And then hours later, Henry discovers her mutilated corpse on display with the decorations, which this like visual is so insane. Like you just see her head there with Sam's lollipop sucker just in her mouth. Iconic. Then we move on to the principal. And this is my one of my favorite storylines in this anthology. So this one starts out with a boy named Charlie and he's vandalizing jack-o'-lanterns and ends up getting caught stealing candy from an unattended bowl left out by the school principal, Stephen Wilkins. Wilkins offers Charlie a candy bar while lecturing Charlie on the importance of respecting Halloween rules and traditions. So they're just hanging out on the porch, having a little chit chat, and then Charlie gradually starts to feel more sick until he begins to vomit chocolate and blood. As Charlie dies, Wilkins reveals that he laced the candy with cyanide, and as Charlie is struggling, the principal says, you should always check your candy, 
which I have never really been fearful of checking candy. I don't know. Maybe I just live in a bubble or like in my own little world where I'm like, oh, everybody is good. I feel like I've been a little bit more cautious now with like my kids, like with homemade candies that they get. I'm like, yeah, we can toss that. But I'm not like one that like goes and like thinks you have to like open the wrappers and look. But I mean, if they're sketchy looking stuff, throw it away. This movie will definitely have you thinking twice. So the principal goes in and is clumsily attempting to hide the murder. So he hands out candy to trick-or-treaters, including Sam. So this is where we see Sam. And it's cool to see Sam kind of show up at different times in this story. Um, Wilkins attempts to bury Charlie in his backyard along with the body of another victim, but is continually interrupted by his young son, Billy, his elderly neighbor, Mr. Krieg, and Krieg's dog, Spite. The other victim turns out to still be alive and struggles in the sack, forcing Wilkins to violently beat him to death with a shovel before anyone can hear the noise. When Wilkins returns indoors, he briefly notices Krieg screaming for help at the window, which we're going to get to the, like, I just, I like love the connections, but we're not there yet. Wilkins brushes him off before something seems to attack him. Then Wilkins guides his son Billy downstairs to carve a jack-o'-lantern while he's holding a knife behind his back. So you think something like, insane is gonna happen like oh he's gonna murder his child especially with how annoyed he was by him earlier but after some hesitation wilkins appears to stab billy however billy is unharmed and it is revealed that the knife was plunged into charlie's severed head and is the jack-o'-lantern that they're about to carve so basically he's grooming his son to be a serial killer i don't know there's just something so sinister about that next up is one of the most sad ones this one always gets to me but it's the halloween school bus massacre This one's about a group of teenage trick-or-treaters. We have Macy, Chip, Schrader, and Sarah, and they're all collecting jack-o'-lanterns, and they end up meeting Rhonda, who is very devoted to Halloween and following the traditions. So the group, led by Macy, visits a flooded quarry where she tells the story of the urban legend of the Halloween school bus massacre. So in the legend, the weary and resentful parents of eight disabled children bribed their bus driver to dispose of them, but before the driver could complete his plan, one child escaped his shackles and took control of the bus, accidentally driving it off a cliff into the quarry. And the children drowned, but the driver survived. Which is so sad. This whole scene, like, breaks my heart. And so... She tells that story, we see it all play out, and then Macy leaves eight jack-o'-lanterns by the lake as a tribute to the deceased. And to get down to this quarry, they have to, like, take this, like, elevator tram type thing down, like a little pulley thing. So they have to ride that down, like, this very steep cliff. And it's very foggy and creepy and eerie. So the group splits up, leaving Rhonda and Chip behind. And Rhonda's chased by horrifying figures, but once she's hurt by being chased and reduced to tears, the other teens reveal that it was them disguised as the dead children in an attempt to prank her, which is so sad. And it was all planned by Macy. Um, So Schrader realizes that the trick has gone too far and he kind of has sympathy for her and tries to comfort the terrified Rhonda while a bitter Macy kicks the jack-o'-lantern into the water, which is another no-no. And then the actual undead children emerge from the lake and attack the teens and Rhonda coldly abandons them to their deaths as revenge for their prank. So she ends up going back up the little trolley thing and as she's leaving, she encounters Sam and exchanges a nod of respect towards him. Then we have my least favorite storyline in the movie and it's the surprise party. This one's about Laurie and she's a self-conscious 22-year-old from out of town. 
and she joins her sister Danielle and friends Maria and Janet for Halloween. And the girls all select fairy tale princess costumes, but they insist that Laurie wears a Little Red Riding Hood costume. So while the other girls pick up dates and head to the party in the woods, Laurie stays at the town festival to find someone special for her first time, quotations. Later on the way to meet up with her friend, she is attacked by a hooded man dressed as a vampire. And then we later see a bundle of red cloth that falls out of a tree by the girl's bonfire, revealing the bloodied and frightened vampire. After Laurie remarks that he bit her, Laurie's friends unmask the man, and this is the part that I didn't realize, who is revealed to be Stephen Wilkins, who had been seeking out victims at the festival. So we have Principal Wilkins. So now we have Principal Wilkins, who was seeking out victims, but ends up becoming the victim. So Laurie's friends shed their clothing and skin and transform into werewolves, which I always thought this was just so ridiculous and weird. I don't know. It just like was like over-sexualized. Like when I saw this as a kid, like I don't care now, like nothing phases me, but I was just like, this is weird. Like, I don't know. But with it being her first time consuming someone, Solari transforms and devours Wilkins. And then Sam's sitting on a log nearby watching as the werewolves feast on their deceased dates. And then the last storyline is another one of my favorite ones. And we have Mr. Krieg, who is the neighbor to Principal Wilkins. Um, he's a Halloween hater and he dresses up his dog to scare trick-or-treaters off his doorstep. As the night proceeds, Krieg encounters escalating phenomena. Um, the house is egged, the lawn is filled with jack-o'-lanterns, and the hallways and ceilings are etched with Halloween greetings. So Krieg is ambushed by Sam, and in the struggle, Krieg eventually managed to unmask his attacker, whose head resembles a grotesque hybrid of a skull and jack-o'-lantern. Then Krieg ends up shooting Sam several times with a shotgun, apparently killing him. However, Sam begins to reanimate and corners Krieg. And instead of killing him, Sam impels a candy bar with a razor blade in it in Krieg's lap, which gets stopped by another candy bar, completing the tradition of handing out candy on Halloween. So this satisfied Sam and, and he ends up sparing Krieg's life, which kind of confuses Krieg. And then he departs. So we then see a photograph burning in the fireplace revealing that Krieg was the driver from the school bus massacre, which is another thing I never realized. Like, how did I not pick up on the fact that Wilkins was devoured by the werewolves and that Krieg was the school bus massacre driver who escaped? Because for the longest time, I'm like, I wonder what ever happened to the bus driver. And now I know. And it, I mean, maybe I did know this in the past and I just forgot about it, but I was mind blown today. In conclusion, we see a heavily bandaged Krieg who's giving out candy to trick-or-treaters. So he learned his lesson. And then we witness other characters in the film observing Halloween traditions. So we have Billy, who was the serial killer principal's son, and he's sitting on his father's porch handing out candy and enjoying himself. Then we have Rhonda, who crosses the street, casually pulling her wagon filled with jack-o'-lanterns. And then Laurie and her friends drive by laughing to each other. And then you have Emma and Henry, who arrive home, which this happened at the beginning. So it's almost like the thing that happened in the beginning is technically the thing that is happening after all of the events. Like at the very end of the night, it kind of like comes full circle. So Sam witnesses Emma prematurely extinguishing the jack-o'-lantern and moves in to kill her. And then Krieg answers another knock at his door, only to be greeted by the undead children from the bus who brutally tear him apart as revenge for their murder. So it's kind of crazy too how in this movie there's things that happen like you have the principal 
and he is handing out candy and Sam's one of the trick-or-treaters. He gives um, Sam candy, so Sam, like, spares his life because he's following the rules, but then it's like he still, like, meets his demise. Like, he's a horrible person, and he gets what's coming for him. And then you have Mr. Krieg, who murdered all these children, escaped, and then he had Sam come in, attack him, but then was able to make up for that, and Sam spares his life, and then you see him kind of like, okay, I've got to live I've got to follow the rules. I'm going to hand out candy. But then it's like he still meets his demise because of the horrible things that he's done in his past. Yeah, but I really just love how this movie just intertwines and you see different characters. And I love like like how you see with the principal when he's burying the body and you see the neighbor, you see Mr. Krieg next door, like trying to flag him down and then gets attacked or like gets pulled away. It's like during this scene is when Sam is attacking Mr. Krieg. So it's just really cool to see everything connect. It's really fun to watch this movie after you know everything that happens because then you can start to connect the dots more and more. And I feel like the more you watch it, you pick up on stuff. Unless you're me where you're just oblivious to a few things and then you find out while doing research. But yeah, I love this movie. If you have not seen it, go watch it. So fun. It's a horror comedy. So it's like, it's gory, but it's like, It's gory and creepy, but, like, funny. There's a lot of comic relief and that, like, cheese factor to it. Ironically, my six-year-old is obsessed with Sam. Sam is his favorite horror icon, and he's never seen Trick or Treat. And I don't know when I'm going to allow him to watch it because, I don't know, there's some stuff in there. I'm like, I don't know if he's ready for that. I feel like he would be fine, but I'm like, I don't know. That's, like, a good question to ask. Like, when is it appropriate for young kids to watch, like, horror? I I feel like you get such a wide variety of answers for that. Um, But anyway, I'm going to move on to some fun facts that I found because I just love reading facts about movies. So the first fact is that the kid with the lollipop in his mouth who peeks in on the girls in the changing rooms when they're trying on Halloween costumes. So this is, like, the werewolf girls. The lollipop kid is Quinn Lord, who plays Sam throughout the rest of the movie. So I thought that was really cool. I'm gonna have to go back and, like, watch now this week and, like, see. And it's, like, cool that he has, like, the lollipop, like, symbolizing Sam. Um, Another fact is most of the jack-o'-lanterns were made out of either foam or ceramic. And on set, the joke was that there were no pumpkins harmed in the making of this movie, which I think is so funny. It's not like we have a pumpkin shortage out there, though, but I mean, they do have a lot of pumpkins in this movie. Uh, There were 18 drafts of the script, and one theme that crept in along the way is the idea that each story represents a different stage of a person's experience with Halloween. So I thought this was really cool. So the first story with the principal and his son, that one is about how you're introduced to the holiday. And the second story, like with all the teen kids is like you and your friends roaming around without parents for the first time. And then the werewolf storyline is Halloween in your 20s when it's about sex. And then the final story with Mr. Krieg is Halloween in your twilight years. It's like the Scrooge of Halloween. I just love any kind of symbolism and like metaphors in movies and just getting to like decipher all of that. Um, Another fact is characters from each story are frequently seen in the background of stories they are not involved with. And this also helps to piece together the chronology of the movie. Last but not least, the performers under the mask playing the kids on the school bus all have real disabilities or injuries. 
and they apparently had such a blast during the shoot of this movie. Uh, their costumes were inspired by a mix of photos from Ralph Meatyard and Diane Arbus, capturing real mentally disabled children on Halloween in their own homemade costumes. So even though that scene is so sad and traumatic, like it's so cool knowing that those kids had such a blast doing that. Yeah, those were some fun little facts about the movie. It is cool to learn about where like Halloween traditions came from and almost like the darker side of things. Like we view Halloween as such like a fun, lighthearted, exciting holiday, but it's so creepy to think of like the sinister motives behind what people did in the past, like like carving turnips to protect them or dressing up to protect them. Like that's just so eerie and creepy. I want to like do some more research on it because I just find it so interesting. Sam is one of my top three horror icons of all time. So Pennywise is obviously my number one. Sam is my number two. And then Captain Spaulding is my number three. But I just love Sam. I think he's just such an icon. I really hope that we get a sequel. I know they've talked about it and kind of hinted on there may possibly be a sequel, but there's so much they could do with the character. He does travel to different towns on Halloween, so there's just so many different things that could happen and different storylines that could happen and ways that rules are broken, and I would just love to see that. But if you have not seen Trick or Treat, go watch it. Even though I read everything to you, go watch it. It's so fun. And then head over to my Instagram and let me know what your favorite Halloween horror movie is. Like, what is a movie you have to watch every October? Like, it's mandatory. Also, let me know if you're someone that dresses up for Halloween, what you're going to be. Like, what is like the big costume of the year? I feel like Barbie is going to be such a big thing, but I, ironically, um, am going to be Sam. So my six-year-old, he was Sam last year and he wants to be Sam again this year. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to be Sam too. So that'll be fun. But anyway, thanks for being here. Thanks for listening to me all by my lonesome. Hopefully it wasn't too boring without Peyton here. Sometimes I feel like story time episodes are a little bit easier with one person because it's easier to kind of stay on top of things and not be so chaotic and all over the place. And we know that Peyton would be throwing those dad joke puns in along the way, which is fun. But I really like doing story time episodes. I've done a bunch in the past, like at the very beginning of me podcasting. I've done one on haunted dolls. I've done one on Wendigos. I've done the Candyman Killer. I've done, what was the other one? The Texarkana Phantom Killer. And then I think those are the four I've done. I swear I did another one, but definitely go check those story times out. If you want more story times or if you like episodes like this, let me know because I would love to do more like deep dives, even like deep dives into certain like horror villains and like their timelines and like origins and stuff like Michael Myers or Freddy Krueger or deep dives on different horror franchises. Like I would just love to do a lot more stuff like that. So let me know if you enjoy stuff like this and I'll do more. But everybody have a fantastic day, night, whatever time it is, whatever day it is, go see FNAF this weekend. And with that being said, cue outro music. <laughs>